Hey there, we're the Westlot Pirates and welcome to the show. We do visceral stuff and statistical stuff and Sam has done this read a million times and has it down to a fine science and I ought to know it better than I don't, but I don't. And uh, Scuzz and I just had the time to get on and we wanted to crank out a, a bonus pod here. So uh, I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Scuzz Gauchbow. And uh, it's not exactly an emergency podcast, but... After the titanic win last night against Illinois uh, by the men's hoops team, we we just felt like we needed to do this. It had to be done. Had to be done. Um, we And again, it's like Sam's working right now. We have like a tiny bit of time. You've carved out a tiny window in your workday, and we just wanted to get into this. Um, what a game. What, what, a, what a flipping win, right? What a titanic win. This was a game that... I mean, let's be honest, I think from the point Northwestern sent that email out in the early <laughs> afternoon, <laughs> Northwestern Nation was at an 11 uh, and was just wired hung and hungry, just like a pack of wild wolves uh, or wild wildcats um, for this game to start. And then it started, it was... An epic game, start to finish, and of course a mass, massive win for the Cats. Yeah, I like for f- full stop. This is the best college basketball game I've ever watched. Like, bar like, regardless of who was playing and what the outcome was, it was an incredible game. Both teams executed at a really high level, shot at a really high level. Like in the in the second half, like neither team even got to the point of shooting free throws. Because of number of fouls, I think I think Illinois ended the game with five fouls in the second half, and Northwestern might have been at five or six. Like the 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 level of execution, and then just like the haymakers being thrown, the the shooting, the athleticism. Like this was a spectacular game, and then for it to just be a showcase of this team and and the leadership of Boo, the the grit and the never die. Of, of the guys on this squad and then what what I think is going to be the legacy of these two years of NU basketball, the fans, the atmosphere at Welsh oh. Ryan, the wild side, just a a a, a preposterous like a, a, a level of fandom and support and madness that has become the norm in Evanston and has never Ever, 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 ever happened before in Evanston. Oh, I mean, and that's the thing. There are two different conversations to be had relative to this game, which is the game itself, everything that was happening on the court, and then everything that was happening in the stands. And the, so for a point of reference, like for for a while now, I'm in a period right now with work where on Wednesday nights, I'm working way down in Lamont, Illinois, which is very far from where I live, um, until late at night. So with Northwestern playing these like 8 p.m. tips, I listen to the whole first half in my car. I listen to Dave Ennin and, and Billy McKinney calling the game for the first half, then get home and watch the second half. And you could hear, I mean, I, this is not hyperbole, this is not exaggeration, just through the radio, you could hear what was going on in those stands. And what was going on in those stands is you have all of those Illinois fans who have been used to a free lunch in our building their entire lives. They are used to just coming in and packing the place and sucking all the oxygen out and making it a bonus Illinois home game and that whole Chicago, Illinois crowd. 
And you could tell that from the opening tip, I mean, from early in the first half, they realized they were underwater and that the home crowd was bringing a whole higher level. So then you could hear the Illinois fans digging down to a level of volume and support they have never demonstrated in that building before. And you could hear it not getting to where they wanted it to get to. It was just, I mean, you could just hear it. The Northwestern fans were off the flipping chain in this game. And as we alluded to off the top, there's this subtext, right, of all the events with Terrence Shannon leading to a situation where Northwestern sending out an email to all of the students being like, be respectful, don't do, you know, don't do this. I mean, look, well-meaning, it's like throwing chum to sharks. <laughs> I mean, it was, everyone was so wired and amped up. And the students were basically like, we are giving all for this game against our hated rival. And you could hear it, man. Oh, dude. I mean, in that first half, you could hear it through the radio. Well, and you could hear even, even in the, at the end of the game, you could, you could hear just how outmatched they were. I, there was, there was one point in the game where I, it was either, I think it was after Hawkins hit a three that, uh, that put them back up by one. It was kind of like, it was like, it was a Northwestern missed on a switch or something. And he was, you know, open at the top of the key, a couple feet back from the, from the line, nailed it. And they went up by one. And, um, that was the one time in the game where the Illinois crowd, I felt like, had a potential of inf- inf- of influencing the game, and I and I believe, I, I should I should check the play by play here to get it right. I believe it was Boo Boo that came back down and shut them up, um, but it like the the you and I have been in that building and the previous manifestation of uh, Welsh Ryan. Many, many, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was, it was Nicholson. It was, it was, it was the Nicholson dunk off of the incredible Langborg, um, pass, uh, to, to answer, to answer, uh, Hawkins three pointer that, um, that put, put the crowd back in the place. But we've, we've been, I, I, I will, I'll never forget in 2005 when number one, Illinois came to Welsh Ryan. And that is the very first time I experienced I mean, we had seen, you know, rowdy crowds and, and sold out crowds at, at Welsh Ryan, primarily the game we talk about all the time, which was, you know, who's your daddy, uh, part two, when, when Bobby Knight came back to Northwestern in, in, uh, 1999-2000 season, right? But that, that game against number one Illinois in 2005 is the first, that's the first time I experienced not just a sold out Welsh Ryan, but an absolutely packed to the gills foaming at the mouth Welsh Ryan and it was right. 85% Illinois fans and there's you know there's somebody who quipped on Twitter today that last night it was 50% Illinois I don't think so I, I think it was maybe 30% Illinois um up in the rafters uh but the if 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 the if the if the volume of Illinois fans was half as many as as there were in the past they were 80% quieter than they were in the past. And that's a testament to everything you just said around what the NU crowd brought to the game. And frankly has been, has been the norm now for almost a full calendar year. And we're all familiar too, right? And I mean, this is what you're talking about with 2005. 
when it comes to basketball, there's hate and then there's Illinois yep. hate. Like, when Illinois is in our building, like, we've, we've made this joke before, but that's the rated R movie, folks. <laughs> like, when, when Illinois... I've been watching the overtime highlights again just because of the number of Illinois fans in the lower bowl I want to watch during that overtime. There's a moment I encourage you all to watch. There is, and I should know this better and I don't, there is an Orthodox gentleman. Um, and, and again, whether it's Orthodox Judaism, Orthodox Islam, I should know, I don't. But he is in full Orthodox garb. Um, not, um, he's not wearing colors from either team, but it is incredibly clear he is rooting for Northwestern 150%. And he is in like, I don't know, two or three rows off the court. And directly behind him is an entire row of Illinois fans. And when Brooks hits that shot, he turns around to them and wants all the smoke. <laughs> And it is so awesome. I've watched it a million times. Those scenes were replicating all throughout the lower bowl. And it, I mean, it is everything you want. It is just, again, we were all foaming at the mouth for this game. And the wild side delivered, the Northwestern fans delivered, and we got everything that we wanted in overtime. There's an intimacy to a basketball rivalry like this, an in-state, an in-city um, rivalry. Yes, Northwestern is, is Chicago's Big Ten team, but there are so many Illinois fans in, in the city of Chicago. Like this is, and you know, the, 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 the football rivalry is, uh, nothing, nothing to speak of. So, um, and, and to be fair, like Illinois has dominated the basketball rivalry almost as much as Northwestern has dominated the football rivalry recently. Um, this is the fourth win, uh, for Northwestern since 2017, um, you know, dur- during the, during the Carmody, kind of the height of the Carmody years, um, it was actually pretty even between the two squads, but, um, with Brad Underwood and, and what Illinois has been, been doing the last few years, they've, they've really taken that mantra back since, uh, since the start of the 2019 season. But this is two years in a row now that Northwestern's earned a split. Uh, the the big 10 media guys or the, the, the big 10 network guys are talking a lot about, you know, what happened earlier this year. Northwestern going out of Champaign, getting absolutely spanked, losing by 30. Um, they emphasized the, at the start of this game, like, this is not going to be the same. Like, A, home court in this conference is a, a, a massive asset. And when a team loses like that, they come back with a very different mindset. Uh, the motivation, the pride that's on the line, et cetera. And you saw all of that from, from Northwestern. And, to, and to, to do it coming off of that tough Nebraska game, um, last weekend, I thought was a real, a real testament that the, the shooting, the, the connectivity, the, the, um, just the connection that you saw on the court between these guys. Um, not that they were perfect. You know, there were plenty of, of, you know, offensive rebounding was a big topic point in the first half. And there were, you know, certainly some defensive miscues throughout the course of the game, but I just thought they did. It was such a, such an incredible team effort um, across the board uh, for them to put together this win, and it 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 was so satisfying for all the reasons you outlined, John, about uh, this rivalry and how we feel about the the team from down south. Oh my god, absolutely! And the it's funny, like we we were playing because this is really like a bonus pod that if you couldn't tell from my amazing 
intro off the top where I really note for note hit what Sam says every week. Um, this We're just kind of throwing this one together as a bonus. We weren't really planning on doing anything, but let's just throw in a bonus Lake the Post presented by Teamwork Media here, kind of dovetailing off of, you talked about recent history. Well, the flip side is when Illinois is in the top 10 in the country, Northwestern, I think, was one in 22 all, the, all time against yep. Illinois. And I think the one was in the 50s uh, at some or point. Or the 70s. I think it was. Yeah, it was a long yeah. time ago. And as Dave Revson pointed out on Twitter after the game, the amount of times that prior to this season, Northwestern had beaten two top 10 teams in a season is zero. zero. It's never happened. We are in uncharted territory. As, as Dave Revson said, since the dawn of time, <laughs> this is the, there, the first so, time. So there, there's yeah. a whole conversation about sequels that I'm not quite ready to go to um, for for various reasons. But like a lot of times in sports, the sequel is pretty pretty hard to put together. Um, players come back for another season. Fan bases get a, get really excited, and it's hard to capture the magic that happened previously. And that race isn't done yet this year. So that's partially why I don't want to get into it too much. But, um, you know, last year beating Purdue, very first time Northwestern had knocked off a number one team. To double down on it this year and, and very specifically to see the continued progression and growth of Boo Booey's game and his craft and what he's able to do with and for this team to see Northwestern not just extend their success from last year, but actually build on it and continue to knock down records and continue to show like momentum and growth is it, it like it's, it's, it's up there with the top three things I've ever felt or experienced with Northwestern athletics. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about, right, that that Citrus Bowl season, right, the second Big Ten championship way back in the 90s would be your closest parallel just because we're all familiar with the moments where Northwestern hits some high and then doesn't, right, and then the bottom drops out in some way, right, including the first team that went to the tourney. Like, we're all familiar with the All-State season, the season after, right, and it's like, right, they're, they're doubling down. And it's like this season, right? Everyone who's got all the students who got everything last year, this year they got Purdue too. They got this, right? Um, it's fantastic. I guess we should, in terms of the actual game, right? Like getting into, aside from just how amazing this moment was, from a basketball perspective, the thing that had me so flipping stoked about this game is. We've talked about this season, and with Purdue 2 being the prime example, when Northwestern's core four guys, right, Bowie, Barry, Barnheiser, Langborg, are all on offensively, this team's basically unstoppable. And we've been waiting for a moment where it's like, okay, where's the ultimate test for that situation? Well, this is it. Yep. This is it. Illinois didn't do shit wrong offensively in this game. <laughs> that team is a monster. Like, I mean, we saw they've played Northwestern twice. They've scored in the 90s, both games. Um, they're, like, we were talking before the pod. Dane Danger played one minute in this game. 
That's a guy who basically started for Illinois down low all of last season. There's just too much talent. Like, this team has Terrence Shannon, who's probably going to be a first-round NBA draft pick. Coleman Hawkins is, like, he's 6'10 and can dribble and shoot threes. Like, these are, again, and of course, like, Damask. Like, this is a guy who just went off, really, both times he's played Northwestern this year. This team's stacked, okay? Um, And, like, this wasn't a situation where we were, like, came away being, like, well, boy, like Illinois didn't have all guns blazing. We were able to pull it out. No, Illinois set the like the hoop on fire. Hawkins, Damask, like these guys poured in points. Forty-one percent um, from the floor, forty-six percent from three. Right. I mean, they were like from uh, sp- specifically from behind the arc, and Northwestern just straight up beat them playing Northwestern basketball. It was just our guys outscoring them. And basically being like, you're going to annihilate the offensive glass. And Lord, did they. Every time there was a missed bucket, it was like Northwestern hanging on for dear life while Illinois' massive collection of athletes just swarmed the hoop. And despite that, Northwestern's just like, how we win is our guns are blazing on offense and we have all these talented players and we don't turn the ball over and we play really frenetic defense. And that was good enough. And it was like, could we have lost this game? Yeah. But the bottom line is, like, there's no higher level. There's no final boss after Purdue and Illinois. These are two of the best, most athletic teams in the country. Um, so if, like, you're looking ahead to, like, the tourney or the rest of the season or whatever, when Northwestern gets this kind of offensive performance from its core group of guys, they can beat anybody. And they have. Well, and it was so great to see it extend beyond the core. And there's a lot of talk about Maddie Nicholson. Um, mm-hmm. uh, f- five dunks and one putback layup. Um, th- thunderous crowd uh, evoking dunks. I might add, like he was, um, he was exceptional and uh, like so much. You know, like his, his he and Boo's connection. Um, we saw this a lot last year. I've been I've been waiting for it to 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 reemerge this year, and and it's really come come. You saw it starting to come together the last two games, and then just hit absolute pay dirt this game. Um, that was beautiful. Martinelli uh, with some really strong minutes when he was out there as well. Uh, Blake Preston, um, you know, uh, had a had a really nice hook shot. So, like, you saw contributions up and down the lineup, not just those core guys. This, this wasn't just, you know, um, some crazy barrage of threes. Although Northwestern did go six, 60% from three, 11 for 18. Interestingly, oh. you go back to that game against Illinois um, – in uh, in Champaign, they were ten of eighteen from three. So so like this is what home court means in the Big Ten, folks. Um, it's 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 yeah. so hard to win on the road. And the the point that North that Illinois came in absolute guns blazing. The only thing I was surprised by is that Terrence Shannon played forty minutes. I didn't feel like they used him as much as they could have. Like when he got the ball and he attacked, it was it was quite devastating. And there were a lot of times where he was just kind of isolated in the corner while, you know, Damask or Gurrier um, ended up taking a shot. But that being said, like Northwestern did such a better job guarding Damask. Um, Luke Goody hurt, hurt them early a couple times and they, they, they slowed him down. Um, Joseph Harmon was scored far, far less than he did. He put up 20 points last game. He only got six this time. Um, the, 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 and the play that stands out to me, just like the play we talked at the end of the Maryland game, 
when Boo Booey marked up on the other team's best player and Jameer Young put up a, a, a contested shot and missed to win this game. Marcus Damask, same thing, trying to shoot over Boo Booey, missed. And um, I just, like, the, like the way Boo shows up in these, in these spotlight games, in these big moments, it is unlike anything we've ever seen in Evanston before. Right. And it's funny, like you mentioned Goody. Goody played 21 minutes in this game. That's a guy who was doing damage from the outside. And there's just a cap on his minutes because if he's in, he has to guard Boo. And it's just oh, like Boo was, the, the, Boo was annihilating the, the one, the, I forget if it was Damask or Goody, but there was, there was one where Boo got the matchup and then did like a quick crossover and a step back. I mean, he had like five feet of space to shoot a three and, and, you know, of course just swished it. It was, it was a thing to behold. Um, him, him in the moment was just incredible. And like you, John, you literally said this on our last podcast. We're talking about, we're talking about how much of the, how much this Illinois game was a must win. We're talking about how, how effectively Nebraska corralled boo last game. And you said, you said like, um, in case anybody's worried about this, like all the other big 10 coaches are like, Oh yeah, great. Like stop boo booing. That's how you beat Northwestern. Good, good Intel, like amazing fine. Right. It's right. easier said than done. And Illinois <laughs> yeah, couldn't I mean, do it. No, exactly. And that's, and the, I think at, at halftime we tweeted out that's like Northwestern, obviously everyone could tell the tenor of this game was going to be completely different. And the one thing Northwestern couldn't, hadn't done at halftime was hit threes. And then they poured threes in in the second half. Um, particularly, I mean, Barnheiser, we all remember, I mean, it's the shot of his life, yeah. right? That four-point play in overtime. That's the moment of his career, right? Um, you almost feel like thus his far. whole thus far. time in North... Yeah, thus far. But his whole time in Northwestern up to this point has been building to that moment, right? And such a massive shot. Barry had to spend most of the first half on the bench because Did, of foul Didn't trouble. take a single shot in the first half. Yep. And was a man possessed in the second half. And this is a guy where I think we're all familiar with Ty Barrier being like, this guy's an unparalleled athlete. Sometimes you're looking for just, you know, over the years, been like, man, I just wish we had a little bit more from him. Like a little bit, like a little more fire. It's like, Barry, we get that you want to defer to some of the other guys, but you're just like a dog out there. And you, Barry took several straight up heat check threes in the second half. Like one, I think he was probably one for three on heat check threes being like, I'm going to try something ridiculous and we'll just see because he just had the fire in his belly. Like that dude was attacking. Go, 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 I forget, go. The whole second half. I forget the game earlier in the year. Maybe it was Dayton where um, he like just willed himself physically to, to, to grab a rebound off of a free throw. And I felt like he played with that energy last night. And it goes to something that we talked about after the first Illinois game is that when Northwestern plays physical and plays tough, it's how they beat Purdue at home. And it's, it's how they won this game. I think it fuels these guys on the other side, on the, on the offensive side of the court when they play, when they play physical and, and like with, with reason, right? Like you can't, you know, you can't be getting into crazy foul trouble and they did a good job managing that this game. But when they play physical, they that that feeds their energy and and, and Ty Berry is the poster child for that and I, he had he had an incredible second half. Um, his defense uh, he he was marking Shannon a lot. His defense was excellent, and um, yeah, I just like 
I, it was is interesting that the the announcers were talking about um, Robbie Hummel in particular was just talking about how how much Illinois was struggling with the curl action that Northwestern runs, and mm-hmm. that that was working in the first half to keep NU in in, in uh, close, and then in the second half they just they, they just tore apart this defense. Um, I mean Illinois Illinois right. left so many shooters open, and they just they they fell apart, and that's that's. That's not because they had an off night. That's not because, you know, they were missing a key piece. It's because Northwestern hammered them and grounded them down mentally. And the wild side's part of that. The crowd's part of that. Um, but so much credit to our coaching staff who who had an excellent game plan. And then the execution from the team. It was spot on. Oh, yeah. And I think it's we were talking about early in the second half. Again, Barry came out of the locker room at halftime, a man possessed. So he's just like grabbing the bull by the horns the second the second half starts. And the Langborg hit a three. And we've talked about this before where Langborg will have these games where he's just not hitting. And he goes through and it's this weird mental thing because that guy has the sweetest stroke I've seen of, of any shooter ever. So like when it's missing, you're like, what is going on here? But he came out and drained one immediately. And the thing is, when Langborg drains a three, immediately the defense, immediately, because that guy looks like he could hit from half court. It's the purest jump shot stroke I've ever seen. So he hit one right off the bat. Meanwhile, Barry's out there like, like seriously, like just chucking up like, let's see if this goes in. <laughs> let's see how hot I am right now. And it wasn't so like he was shooting that, from the logo. I mean, he was, it was, he was, but no, he was, but, but a lot but, of contested threes. Right. Contested threes. And one, I mean, like one, he did the, the, um, whatever you call it, like the Euro drop, like out to the three point and just nailed it. And then we were like, Oh, okay. He's just, this is a straight heat check. But at that point we were like, that's when we were like, we're getting the best that our four guards have to give. So, so this is the, this is the acid test. Can we beat anybody if we're getting this from, and the answer was yes. One thing, and you alluded to it early. One thing that I was really struck by was throughout the entire second half of this game, Matt Nicholson couldn't really guard Coleman Hawkins, and Coleman Hawkins couldn't really guard Matt Nicholson. In Matt Nicholson's case, it's because Illinois starts a bunch of ridiculously tall guys who can all dribble and jump and shoot deep threes. And Matt Nicholson has to guard one of those guys. And unfortunately for him, it's Coleman Hawkins, who is nearly as tall as him and is totally comfortable draining long threes. So poor Nicholson's like, he's doing everything he can out there. But he's not going to get help. And he just has to weather that storm. On the flip side, Coleman Hawkins literally could not guard Matt Nicholson. In other words, Coleman Hawkins had to be somewhere else the entire second half, other than on his man, because that's what happens when all four Northwestern guards are on. You're not going to be able to cover Matt Nicholson. You just aren't. Boo's going to need, you're going to have to help. Boo's beating his man, or Barry's beating his man, or they're going to run some sort of screen action, the kind of stuff you talked about earlier. Someone's getting open. Like, it's unstoppable. It's not, you can't D those four guys up with just your four guys. So Hawkins had to help. Nicholson, as you said, Nicholson had, I think, six field goals, all of which were on uncontested ducks. There was was one putback off of, um, it was the the the, boost boost steal. Yeah. Right, right. So, I mean, and it's just effective use of him. It's rolls and screens and just being like, 
you he's the unguarded man like you yeah. can't cover him i mean there was one play where off an inbound that's passed, the, the, he had a wide open this is the, that's the most beautiful play because like they drew uh, obviously the coaches drew it up this is the brian james specialty right um those mm-hmm. those those inbound plays in the offensive zone and w- watching i mean watching nicholson the confidence with which he played and the um and the movement like it was it, it was it was a thing of beauty, and so like like yes, some of it is that everybody else was playing great, and Coleman Hawkins had to had to help elsewhere. But Nicholson took advantage in a way that was um, super super important as well. Well, and Nicholson twelve eight and four. 12 points, eight rebounds, four blocks. Like, I mean, he, the dude gave everything. Oh yeah. His, his out. rebounding in the second half and like the, 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 um, the, just the way he attacked the game in the second half and especially on rebounds, like ripping the ball away from guys. Like he, he, he looks, he looks like a, like a, like a new man, uh, relative to, to, to where he was at the beginning of the season. And it's just so exciting to see how, um, how he's how he has blossomed right and again just like going back like this overall picture like that's the thing like when we're talking about what northwestern can accomplish when all four of the guards are on their game now we know like one of the things that they accomplish is matt nicholson's ability like immediately he his ability to make massive offensive contributions goes way way up so that goes back to what we're saying like yeah with overtime we scored 96 points in this game like we just track meted Illinois and beat them. Um, and are we going to get that every night? No. But this is the point. When you look at, like, this is what we're saying. Like, there's no higher level here. Like, what Illinois, Illinois can beat any team in the country. Purdue is literally thought to be the best team in the country. We've beaten both of those teams at home. In front of the wild side, and with these kind of performances, like, we can beat any team in the country. There's no other group. There's no other conference that has like this stack. The top of our conference goes with the top of any conference and we're knocking those guys out. It's, it's so awesome. So, I mean, like now just to, to, to spin it forward here as we're, you know, getting, getting short on time, but um, Ohio state on Saturday is, I, I said, I felt like Illinois was kind of a must win. And I, and I, I feel similar like Ohio state, like they, they need to maintain this momentum at Purdue uh, next week is gravy, you know, and then the, the, you know, the February schedule is, um, much less daunting. No ranked teams in there at Indiana is pretty tough at Maryland's pretty tough at Michigan state's pretty tough. We're hosting Nebraska. Um, it'd be great. It'll be great to get another shot at Nebraska at home, just like we just got, uh, you know, with Illinois. So, um, but yeah, like (laughs) folks put on your war paint, get ready for, uh, for Saturday. Um, Cause we need we need every bit of the wild side and the uh, the fan support again to um, to buoy this team, right? And buoy this team indeed. Uh, the the right and and you know for those of us getting into the minutia of tourney resumes etc. Everyone was circling this game and being like, oh boy, all of a sudden this is Illinois. I mean, this is Northwestern's last chance for a quad one win at home. Well, they cashed that yep. ticket. So Northwestern currently has wins over uh, Illinois, Purdue, and Dayton. Those are probably all, at worst, four seeds in the tourney. Four seeds or higher in the tourney. And yeah, Northwestern has that god-awful Chicago State win. But as we talked about way back when that happened, 
the better performance Northwestern can keep putting on in the season, the more that game, which was ridiculous and weird when it happened, will look even more ridiculous and even more weird. And that's the goal. You want Northwestern to be on a tear the second half of the season. And then people be talking in the run-up, yeah, there's that ridiculous game, but you know what? The wild side wasn't there, and it was this bizarre empty gym, and et cetera. And it's like, look, no one's making excuses. We all know if the wild side was there, Northwestern wins that game. And if Northwestern wins that game, Northwestern's ranked right now. It is I'm what just it gonna, is. Like, like you mentioned Dayton, just to get specific. Dayton's 16-2. and two. Their losses are at Northwestern right. and versus number six, Houston. They have wins over right. LSU, over Cincinnati, um, like like Dayton is looking, they're they're ranked number sixteen uh, in the country right now. So this like, in addition to the two top ten wins, we've gotten an additional top twenty victory um, for Northwestern right now. It's awesome, right? And to everything you said earlier, like the the general consensus right now by anyone, and this is a huge part of Northwestern's tourney resume, is right now someone like Joe Lenardi's like, you can't be Northwestern at home, you just can't. And that's the thing. Like, we need to double down on that. Here comes Ohio State this exactly. weekend. This is this is our corner. Let's deliver. Wildside, like Scuzz said, Wildside, same fire, same fervor. Run it back, uh, and let's put a stamp on this homestand. Bring it, bring it. Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what we've got for you. We gave thirty bonus minutes. Um, we're again like. This was one that we just wanted to throw together because we were so flipping stoked about this game. It's a big win. We know all you feel the exact same way. It's all the more special because it's Illinois and because we did it in our house. Um, and so, again, tune in next time. Visceral stuff, statistical stuff, <laughs> all the things all the things that Sam says. Um, thanks, thanks for joining us for this bonus one. And let's go. Let's flip and go. And let's run it back against Ohio Cheers State. Cheers, y'all. Go Cats and pound the rock. <laughs>